guys. So, I know this is a this could be a crazy question. You guys remember what we talked about the last time I shared? <laughs> it's been a while now. I think. Gosh, I can't remember. Was it May? It may might have been June. I can't remember. But anyways, the, the Lord had like downloaded this whole kind of message to me back in. I believe it was it was either April, June. Okay. No, but I think uh, uh, I think Miriam, you did. You were ten minutes speaker, weren't you? On the yeah, and and she basically preached my message. <laughs> I remember that. But I really feel like this is a this is a word for our church. Even when uh, Michael was here last week, I mean, he was highlighting all these things that we were we've been kind of talking about. He highlighted a ton of stuff, <laughs> but uh, he uh, he was kind of highlighting some of these items and. Um, and specifically surrounding the whole concept of being seated with Christ in heavenly realms. And uh, there's a truth, that truth that I really believe the Lord wants us to get. And uh, this reality, it's a reality. You know, we talked about it um, last time. Uh, and this is Ephesians 2. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 2. We're going to be kind of in there a little bit. We're going to be all over, but we're going, to, we're going to be specifically in Ephesians 2. You know, there's this reality if you're a born-again Christian, if you're a born-again believer, that when you were born again, you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you, you asked him to forgive you and wash you of all your sin, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you became born again, something happened in the spirit, not only in you, but about you. You instantly, when you were born again, you were placed with Christ in him in heavenly places. So you were actually physically, and you are now, you're physically here on earth, your body's physically here, but spiritually, you're in Christ, seated with him in heavenly realms, in heavenly places. You guys remember this message at all? A little bit, maybe a tiny bit? <laughs> well, um, you know, the Lord gave me three parts. I think we're only going to be able to go through the second part of this today. Um, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 1. So as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who were disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might, show, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. All right, and I'm just going to kind of review this a little bit. We were talking about last time. So obviously, Jesus' death and resurrection not only made a way for our sins to be forgiven, for us to also become sons and daughters of God now, but it also, when we, when we were forgiven, we also were raised with him and we were seated with him in heavenly places. And we talked about this, you know, in the heavenly realms, we were placed when Christ was raised. Now, I want to uh, kind of briefly establish this this whole picture because I mean this this idea of being seated in heavenly realms I mean how how many of you guys feel right now that you're seated in heavenly places right now 
Some of you do. Yeah. How many of you guys don't feel it? Yeah. Right. Well, guess what? This truth has nothing to do with what you feel. Whether you like it or not, if you are a born-again Christian, you right now spiritually are seated with him in heavenly places. Doesn't matter what you feel. Doesn't matter what you see. Doesn't matter what your situation is right now. This is the reality that you right now, if you are born again, are seated with him in heavenly places. Now, a lot of times we don't feel like we are because, or we don't totally believe that we are because we don't totally understand or we need to be reminded the power of the cross. Because many times when we're not feeling that we're actually seated with him in heavenly places, it's because the earth and all the troubles of this world and all the troubles and the worries of life, they kind of drag us down. They kind of cloud us out of like the reality of, of heaven. And many times it's because, we, you know, maybe we've fallen into sin. Maybe we've like had bad attitudes. Maybe we've been all of these things that kind of keep us from believing the truth and the reality that we're seated with him. And I want to kind of just establish real quick here. I feel like we're supposed to really establish this this morning. That we've been given access to the heavenly realms, not because of anything we do or anything we've done, but because of the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. That's it. There's nothing we can do or can't do to have now access to this heavenly realm, to this heavenly place of being seated with him in Christ. And Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the holy of holies by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus. Now, let me just stop right there. So obviously, does anybody know what the holy of holies is? Somebody shout out, what's the Holy of Holies? Let's try another one. <laughs> Any other ideas? The secret place. What's the secret place? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys remember the, uh, the tabernacle of Moses in the temple? <laughs> Why? What was in there? Interesting. And that's interesting how we, how we think of these things. You know what I think of the Holy of Holies? The presence. That's where he was. Like he would physically come, and, and Scripture says he would literally come between the, the, the cherubim and the ark. You guys seen, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Anybody seen that one? <laughs> you remember the ark had the two wings of those angels over the top of the ark? <laughs> well, Scripture says that, you know, his presence would sit above that physically. So... Now, obviously, Scripture says that the tabernacle of Moses, the temple, or you know, that of Solomon and the third temple, or the second second temple. Now, those were just pictures of a reality in heaven, and so that reality of heaven, the holy of holies, is the throne room of God in heaven right now. There is a heavenly tabernacle, and the Holy of Holies is where the throne room of God is. Does that make sense? So there is a reality right now that in the Holy of Holies, God is literally enthroned, and guess what? You are seated with him in heavenly places, enthroned with him. 
Does that make sense? So in this scripture, when it's saying that we have full freedom, confidence to enter the holy of holies by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus, because in the Old Testament, what, the priest could go in once a year and he had to be complete, he had to go through all of these rituals that were all pointing basically to the cross and to the blood of Jesus, that he could minister before the Lord in the most holy and holy of holies. But now through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have complete access. We can come with complete confidence and boldly, scripture even says, into the holy of holies before his throne not based on anything that you have done or you did that day, but solely and strictly because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We were singing about it this morning. When I was singing that, that song, this is why we worship you, you know, that is why I worship, because of the blood of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross for me, that I now can have access, unhindered access, to the very throne of God, and that not only that, but that I'm actually there right now. I don't know if we're totally going to ever understand that reality, but I'm asking Holy Spirit to just give me more and more revelation about it. Because when we live from this place, we will do what he did. We will love like he loves. We will be transformed like he is. So yeah, so this access we have, I love where it says we have full freedom and confidence. So when you're, when you're coming before the Lord, when you're spending time with him, and, you, and the enemy comes along and he says, look at what you did today, and he starts accusing you. Remember, he's called the accuser of the brethren. That's all he does. He just lies and accuses. And you hear his voice if you hear accusation. So when you're spending time with the Lord and you just feel like you got to do something, you got to feel like you got to perform or like worship this way or this, and, and there's this pressure that somehow you got to drum something up that you actually have to be, uh, to actually enter into his presence, you don't need to do that. Because the blood of Jesus was enough that you can come fully into his presence because of the blood of Jesus because of the finished work of the cross. That was his whole reason for the cross, was so that you would have access to him because he longed for us. It was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. We were his joy. He pictured, he was literally picturing us being reunited with him. And so he endured all of the beating, all of the getting his beard pulled out, getting punched, being mocked, the crown of thorns, the whippings, and the actual agony of death on a, a cross, a Roman cross. He endured all of that because he saw, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe he saw you and I reunited with him in intimate fellowship. I don't know why I'm going here this morning because my message is like, but this, I felt like this morning as I was praying that that Lord really want to highlight this. So Hebrews 10, 19. So we have entering by the blood of Jesus in number tw uh, verse 20 it says, by this fresh, new, and living way in which he initiated and dedicated and opened for us through the separating curtain the veil of the holy holies that is through his flesh. So literally, when, his, when he died and he, his, his flesh was torn, it was a picture of what was going on in the spirit that that, that curtain, if you guys know uh, Old Testament, the tabernacle of Moses in the temple, there was a heavy curtain that separated uh, the Holy of Holies from the Holy Place. And you couldn't go past that veil except once a year, and you had to be the high priest. But this was pointing and symbolizing 
the cross, the flesh of Jesus Christ. So now he is the way, right? So John 14, 6, it says, well, it says right here in verse 20, by this fresh and living way, which is pointing to John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It was him that we now have access. And since we have such a great and wonderful and noble priest who rules over the house of God, let us come forward and draw near with true hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith, having our hearts sprinkled and purified from an evil and guilty conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water. So this is what took place. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you immediately had access now into the Holy of Holies. And we talked about this the last time. If you, um, you can read the, uh, you can listen to the, I almost said you could read the podcast. You can listen to the podcast. When we talked about the three things that the Lord was highlighting, he wants us to know him and his ways. He wants us to live life from his perspective, and he wants us to live from a place of victory. And so today, I feel like we're supposed to kind of center on the whole idea of living from our life from his perspective. So we talked about this last time. And I know I'm doing a lot of review, but I think it's important because it's kind of building this foundation. So, um, you know, in John 3, 3, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he, he says, Jesus answered him, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that unless a person is born again, and in the Greek, it literally means to be born above, that he cannot see, know, be acquainted with and experience the kingdom of God. So when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we were born again, we were born from above. Our spiritual birthplace was from above. So literally our new home is the heavenly realms, is now where we are seated with him in Christ in heavenly places. This is our new home. This is not your home right here anymore. Do you realize that when we became born again, this is no longer your home? You belong and you are born from another place. That reality, I don't know, I just, that reality is, is kind of mind boggling. And so we were commanded to live from that place. Colossians 3 1 3 says, If you have been raised with Christ, to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternals that are eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on earth. For as far as the world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So we are actually commanded to live from this place of being seated with him in heavenly places. You were commanded to live from the place of heaven. And having our minds and our emotions and our goals and our visions set on things that are above and not on the things that are on this world. And then we talked about where were, where were we raised to be seated. In Ephesians 1.19, it says, this is where we were seated. The power that is the same as his mighty strength, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. This is where you and I are seated, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, right now. And there's a, the truth about this is it's not like we're just sitting up there by ourselves, 
you know, kind of in heavenly places. It says we're seated with him in Christ Jesus. We're not alone. And from that perspective, he wants us to see things differently. And not only does he want us to see things differently, but he wants us to see them how he sees them. There's a difference. You can have all the spiritual knowledge and intelligence of the world, but if you don't know how to interpret it, it's not really worth much. It's just knowledge. But he wants us to see from his perspective So let's kind of focus on this this morning. We want to see um, that God perspective. So if you gotta you gotta picture yourself, right? So um, if you're seated in heavenly places, above all things, you're getting a a bird's eye or a God's eye view of things, right? You're seeing high above. And what happens when you're, is it, have you guys ever, we just came back from, uh, you know, Montana, a lot of you guys know, and we went to uh, uh, Glacier National Park. Anybody been there? Yeah. Isn't it awesome? I mean, it's beautiful. There's like no place on this earth. And uh, one thing, one of the coolest things about it is like you have like such a crazy view when you're like literally walking along the tops of mountains that are like eight, 9,000 feet in elevation. I mean, can you imagine the view? I mean, it was breathtaking. I mean, I just, there's no place like it. And you saw everything in the valley below you. I mean, everything. You guys remember that? Yeah, it was funny. We were like literally on this side of a cliff on this one trail. It's called, wait, what's it called? Highline trail, trail, yeah, yeah. It was pretty. It was actually kind of scary. I'm not afraid of heights. Been like, we are literally on the side of a cliff, and I think you've got about three feet of, uh, and then there's a drop off. I mean, literally like thousands of feet. <laughs> and there's like this little like uh, they had a little rail like along the the cliff face. It looked like a hose that they like kind of like bolted on. And I'm like kind of when I first went on, I didn't think I'd be that scared. But when I first got on it, I was like. Oh my gosh. And you know, and then when people would kind of pass you that are going the other way, you, I was like this. I was like hugging. <laughs> but man, the view. It was, I mean, it was probably my favorite uh, trail that we did up there. But yeah, no guts, no glory. Be- and you know why? Because the view was just amazing. It was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. And we were all the way down there in the valley because you have to drive up this road. It's called on, on the way, going to the sun road. And you go up and you go up and you go up. I mean, you just keep on going up. And I mean, you're literally driving and there's Cliff Face over there. Heather's like not even looking. She's on the, you know. I'm like, Heather, are you seeing this? <laughs> and uh, I mean, you're going like 20 miles an hour. I mean, it's not like you're like speeding up this thing. And, um, but we were at the, the, in the valley at the, at the base of these, the Rocky mountains. And like, um, it looked a lot different from the perspective of where I was on the Highline, on the Highline Trail. Looked completely different. I mean, I could only see like so far ahead of me, you know, and I could only really see like, I saw lots of trees here. There's a lot of, you know, woods and stuff like that. I saw a lot of lakes and stuff. It was very different from when I was actually up on the Highline Trail and I saw where I was originally, but I saw where I was going, where we came from, where we're going next. I saw all of it. This is the same perspective and view spiritually that we have being seated with Christ in heavenly places. Obviously, it's not necessarily physically, but we can see spiritually where we came from, where we are now, where we're going. And not only for us, but for the world, for, the, for people within our lives that the Lord wants to share 
things prophetically with us about? Does that make sense? That's all right. Chew on it some more. So we have a God's, we have access because it's still our choice to first believe that we're seated there and then actually to access it. But man, why wouldn't we? If we could know the future of things, if we could know the past of things, if we could get an understanding of the perspective of the situation that we are in and that others are in from his perspective, from his view, from his eyes and from his heart, to have understanding of why things are going on. He wants us to see what he sees. And he wants us to see how he sees. This is huge. Because so many of us have questions about our life, of our calling, of why is this happening to us? Why is that happening to my neighbor over there? What's going on, Lord? Why is the country where it is? What's going on? Why is Israel, all that stuff going on in Israel? All of these questions. We have access to the intelligence of God the viewpoint of heaven. And we can actually partner with him to see his will on earth as it is in heaven. And that's why. He wants, us to, get, he wants to give us insight on circumstances and on the circumstances of those around us. He wants us to partner with him in what he's doing on earth. You know, God is working even to this day. He's doing things in Wilmington, let's make it real, he's doing things in your actual house, in your family, in your kids' lives, in your spouse's lives, in your mom and dad's lives. God's doing something. He's working, and we can't see him with these natural eyes. We have to go to the place where he has raised us up and seated us with him to have access to the intelligence of God. All right, we're going to talk about Jesus walked in this way. He is our model. He is the perfect one. He showed us the way of doing this. Luke 8, 49. Turn to it if you got your Bibles. We're just going to read through this. Luke 8, 49. While he was still speaking, someone came from the house of the synagogue officials saying, your daughter has died. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But when Jesus heard this, he responded to him, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe, and she will be made well. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the girl's father and mother. Now they were all weeping and mourning for her, but he said, stop weeping, for she has not died but is asleep. And they began laughing at him, knowing that she had died. He, however, took her by the hand and spoke forcefully, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up immediately. And he ordered that something be given to her to eat. Her parents were amazed, but he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. You see, Jesus was seen something different than everybody around him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said the things that he said. Why would he have said, do not be afraid any longer, only believe, and she will be made well. When somebody came to him and said, don't trouble the teacher anymore, she's dead. She already died. Jesus didn't receive or he didn't, judge the situation by what he saw or heard in the natural. He judged the situation, what he saw and heard in heavenly places with his father. That's why he could say, don't be afraid. I see a reality that trumps what you're seeing and hearing right now. 
Jesus wasn't judging the situation with natural eyes. He saw the reality from heaven, which trumps the natural. And that's why, you know, this stuff happens. You know, when you step out in faith, when you see something in the spirit, I know this has probably happened to me many times. I've seen something out uh, in the spirit. In the, in the natural, it looks completely opposite and contrary to what I'm seeing in the spirit. And I step out, and people kind of even make fun of you a little bit because that's what they did to Jesus. He's saying, stop weeping. She has not died, but she's asleep. And they began laughing at him, knowing that she had just died. Because guess what? The things of the spirit are foolish to the natural mind. They're actually at enmity with each other. The natural mind is at enmity with the things of the spirit. So your flesh might not believe what you're seeing in the spirit. How many, how many that's happened to you guys before? That happens to me a lot. I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't know about this. Probably every time I step out and forget the prophetic word, my flesh is constantly saying, this is dumb. You don't know what you're doing. You're making this thing up. And I give the word, and it, like, sets somebody free in, like, an instant. The Holy Spirit does. Like, it reminds me, you know, this, just an example of this. We were, uh, some of you guys are with us. Actually, Charlene, you were with us. Annabelle was with us. We were uh, at this Latino festival uh, in the spring. And, uh, oh, Janice was there too. Yeah. And we were just doing ministry. We were just, whatever. We, I hate saying that word. We were just doing ministry. We weren't, weren't out there like, oh, we're out there. No, we were just out there do, loving on people, seeing who God was highlighting, seeing who, what the Father, we were seated in heavenly places, living from that place of like, Lord, what are you doing on this earth? Who are you ministering to? Who are you loving on? What are you doing? Because we want to come alongside with you and we want to see your will from heaven come on earth. And we were giving words to people, and I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> I remember Charlene gave this word to this one guy. He had a heart condition, and he was just kind of like, yeah, that's right. We had Andreas translating, and it was, it was interesting. It was a fun time. And, uh, but this one instance, uh, there was this, this pregnant woman. Uh, she was very pregnant. I remember that. And, um, and, but the Lord was highlighting her. And, you know, as when we go out, you know, we do training and stuff like that. We're, you know, we're doing some training of like, okay, this is how you recognize, you know, who God is highlighting, who he's ministering to. And it's basically, we're, we're living from that place of being seated with him. And we're just asking, Holy Spirit, who are you highlighting? Who is on your heart? Who are you doing something right now with? And this, and it's just like I don't know how else to describe it, but it was just like this this lady. She just kind of popped out. I mean, it was just because she was pregnant, but like she did pop out like because she was pregnant. Because <laughs> she was like, re- like I thought she was like ready to go that day. And um, but the Lord just and I, I just after a, you know doing this so much, you kind of just recognize that okay, Holy Spirit's doing something with this. I didn't really totally know what. And I was like, all right, guys, let's get some words for her. Let's ask Holy Spirit what he wants to do with this, this girl. And, um, and, and the guy, everybody got some words for him, so we just went over to her. And I was like, hey, you know, we're, we're Christians, and, you know, we just feel like the Lord wants to encourage you and love on you today. Is all right if we share stuff with you? First of all, I was like, do you speak English? And she was like, yeah, she did. So that was helpful. And then... Um, and we just began to minister to her, just give her words. And she was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right, yeah, you know. And then I, I, all of a sudden I just felt this, I heard this thing. I don't know how to describe it, like in my heart, I heard this thing of like, she's my daughter and I miss her. And um, I was like, what? I was like, I just like, I wasn't thinking about any of that stuff. It was just kind of this like, and I was, and she, he was just like, this is my daughter, she, she, she needs me. She wants to know me. She's ripe. I was like, okay. And I just kind of threw it out there, and I was like, hey, do you know the Lord? Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? And she's like, no. 
And I was like, well, do you want to? She's like, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was that easy. It was like, wow, it's probably the easiest I've ever led anybody to the Lord. I was like, there's no back and forth arguing or whatever. We just like gave some words, read her mail, basically. She was seen by God. The reality of heaven came to her. God was giving us his perspective for her. And then he was showing us what he wanted to do ultimately. And it was for her to come become a, a daughter. And so we let her, you know, shared the gospel with her, led her to the Lord. It was awesome. But I would have not known that or even known what to do in ministering to this girl if I only stayed within the natural where I'm like seeing with these eyes and I'm hearing with these ears, I would have never known that she was ready to be like harvested in a sense to become a child of God. But being seated with him in heavenly places, he began to show me his perspective and not only what his perspective was, but his heart for her. I began to actually feel this compassion and love for her that I didn't know this. She was a stranger to me. But I had this overwhelming sense of love of a father for her. And it's, it just reminded me of like the scripture where, you know, it's like, I think it's 2 Corinthians 5, where it talks about that we are the ambassadors of Christ. And, and it's like our, we're, it's like the Lord's pleading through us, be reconciled to him, to your father. And um, so we can live from this place. He wants us, he actually commands us to live from this place, to set our mind on things that are from heaven. And then this other time I remember... Um, this is actually here. I remember we were having a service, and during worship, we came up after, and we were just giving words, and I remember there was a lady over there, and all of a sudden, I saw this flash in my mind's eye, in my spirit, whatever you want to call it. I saw this flash of a car accident, and I was like, okay, Lord, that's weird. And, um, and I could have just brushed that off, but, you know, I'm asking the Lord, I'm trying to live from this place of being seated with him to see what he sees, to see what he's doing. And, um, and so I just asked, Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you doing? I see, I saw this car crash thing. I don't want to prophesy she's going to be in a car crash. <laughs> and then he began to share me. It's like she was in a car accident. I'm, one, I'm healing her right now. That's what I felt. He said he was, I'm healing her body. Her legs and her, uh, I think it was her hips or something. And then he said, and I'm breaking off uh, addiction from uh, painkillers. And uh, I was like, oh gosh, okay. And, but I'm like, I'm just like, Lord, I want to see what you're doing. I want to partner with heaven with what you're doing. And so I just asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, help me do this. And I just like, because like, you know, I, I don't know, for you guys who, who do this, who give words or just kind of step out in faith, we all should be stepping out in faith. But it's like, you know, there's this fear that comes around. It's like, what if I'm wrong? All this other kind of stuff. And the natural is always showing me. It's like, I don't know, this lady, she isn't, she looks fine to me. I mean, <laughs> you know, all these things are, are like kind of telling me something different. But I'm choosing to believe what he's showing me from where I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And I share the word to her, and uh, I don't know if you guys remember that. She just she was like, yeah, I was in a car. She was hit by a car, literally, and that she had pain and stuff and, um, and her legs and stuff. And we just remember we began to pray for her, and she began screaming, like, I'm healed, I'm healed, or like she was thanking the Lord. And uh, she, all the pain had left her body. And that was, like, Awesome. But it all started, you got to remember, it all started with somebody who is like trying to like find God and what he's doing, being seated with him in heavenly places, trying to make this a practical reality in our lives. Somewhat in doubt when I'm giving this word, 
And boom, Lord heal, heals this lady, changes her life then. And, I, you know, we break off um, uh, the painkiller addiction. And then I come to find out later on she was in, uh, she was actually in one of the homes around here for uh, addiction. To, I think it was painkiller, or at least she was in a recovery house. And, um, but that all came from just like this little flash. So it isn't like sometimes we, we kind of like over-spiritualize this idea. I'm trying to give you guys practical ways because we can all walk in this. If you are a born-again believer, like I said from the very beginning, you're seated with him now whether you feel like it or not. Right now. You have access to the intelligence of God to see what God is doing on the earth, in your life, in your neighbor's life. And God wants to share it with you because he wants to partner with you to see heaven invade that situation. All right. And this is where uh, I'm just going to kind of reiterate a little bit if you know what um Miriam was sharing you know God he sees so he he kind of shows us things for us to to partner with him to see heaven to come down he also shows us differently how we to see and actually in turn behave differently around one another and we've talked about this many times, and um, but I think it's important to see. This is where we are able to see one another according to the Spirit. You guys remember us talking about that, about seeing no longer looking at one another according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit? Well, God wants to show you things differently about your life and about the about. Things, he wants to show you things differently about the people around you. So in Judges 6.11, it says, The angel of the Lord came, and he sat under the oak that was Oprah, which belonged to Joash, as his son Gideon was beating out the wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Oh, this is, uh, this is Judges 6, 11 through 12. And here you have this situation. You've got Gideon who's literally hiding in a wine press threshing out grain because he's afraid the Midianites are going to come and steal from him. And you have this angel of the Lord showing up in front of him saying, hey, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Now, just like Jesus, the angel must have seen something different, right? Because from the earth's perspective, you see a coward literally hiding from his enemies, trying to just get a little bit of wheat so he could feed his family. And from heaven's perspective, though, where the angel just comes from, he's got a very different perspective. He's seen something different different because he calls him what? He calls him what? A mighty man of value, a mighty warrior. Does this guy look like a mighty warrior to you? So obviously this angel has intelligence from another place that is way different than what is being seen in the natural here. And lo and behold, it is brought to pass. You guys know the story of Gideon. I'm not, we don't have time to go through it. Um, so from the, and in, in the same situation, just kind of, yeah, let's see. You know, God sees those around us. He wants to give us his perspective about the people around us. He wants to show us, and we call it prophetic. He wants to show us prophetically those around us how he sees them. 
Because I guarantee he probably sees them different than you do. Because our natural tendency is to judge things in the natural and to make judgments about people based on what we see and what we hear and what we feel and all of our natural senses. And you know, God is trying to break that habit within the church. And we all do it. We're all guilty of it. But he wants to break that habit. He wants us to stop making judgments concerning the people, concerning what we see in the natural. And he wants us to get up higher and from that place and have access to that place of being seated with him in heavenly places and see his perspective, to see Sherry, I'm not picking on you, but to see Sherry, how he sees her. Because when I see how the Lord sees Sherry, I will probably act very different around Sherry. I'll probably, be, I'll probably love her differently. I probably have more compassion for her. I probably have more love for her. Not that I don't have either of those. <laughs> but, and I will see who she is called to be as a daughter. I will see her potential as a daughter. And then when she begins to contradict that, when she tells me things about what's going on in her life and, and all this stuff that's going on with her that I can make, like, I can remind her, wait a second, that's not how God sees you. That's not who God says you are. Because really, we are our worst critic. And that's what's so powerful about the prophetic because it reminds us who we really are a lot of times in the spirit. And you guys know me. If you can't make this practical, it's just knowledge that puffs up your head and you think you got something when you don't. We got we to gotta make this real. We need to make this a reality in our life. We are commanded to be seated with him in heavenly places and to live from that place. And we can practically do it. Hopefully I'll share this, some of these examples I've shown you how to, it's practically done. I don't, I don't know how to totally do it. 100% I'm growing and learning just like everybody else. But we can practically live from this place. It is real. And I know there are situations right now where It's difficult to see past the natural. In the natural, it looks impossible. In the natural, people are telling you it's impossible. They're like, you know, they're like uh, the friend of Darius, right? Saying that it's, it's impossible. Don't, don't mess with the teacher. He's, she's already dead. Or they laugh at you when you're, when you're seeing something then or you're trying to believe what God's saying is true. And I want to encourage you this morning. God is the most positive being in the universe. He is like the definition of an optimist because nothing's impossible with him. Right? So in your situation right now, there is nothing impossible for him. Did you know there's nothing hard for him? There's nothing hard. And what did Jesus tell uh, Darius? He said, don't be afraid. But what did he say after that? Keep believing. Just believe. You know, and it helps to see from his perspective to believe. You know, when and I think the Lord, like when he shows us pictures and stuff like that, when I had a picture of that lady in a car crash, he was showing that to help me to believe <laughs> that this wasn't from me and this was from him. So we can access heaven. We can see his perspective over situations in heaven, over our situations, over the situations of people around us. And so let's just do that right now. Let's just practically do this right now. So if you got a situation where 
where it just looks impossible or you've got uh, a situation even what we were kind of talking about earlier on where you feels like you're stuck and that the door's closed. There's a reason why that door is closed and God wants to reveal it to you. He wants to give you intelligence of what he's doing in your life. I'm going to tell you right now, he's, he's, I know what he's doing. I really felt like that was from the Lord. You're going through a pruning time right now. Out of his love for you, he prunes us because he wants us to bear much fruit. And um, so let's just do that right now. Let's just spend like, I don't know, a minute or two here and just ask Holy Spirit. If there's a situation, just bring it before him and, and literally ask this prayer. Or speak, speak this prayer. Lord, show me from your perspective what is going on here. Give me intelligence from heaven of what is going on. Okay? And then as you sit and wait, don't pray more and strive and uh, go. And, you know, don't do any of that. Just, just believe that you're seated with him in heavenly places. You're literally sitting with him on his throne far above the enemy far above all that stuff. Just believe and receive. And if a picture comes up in your mind or a thought or whatever, take hold of that. That's probably him sharing you with you his perspective of the situation. So, Lord, we just lift this situation up to you right now. And first and foremost, we just thank you that we can enter in to this most holy place by the blood of Jesus, that we have access to you, and that we are literally seated with you in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given. And Lord, we're asking that you would just reveal your heart and we reveal your perspective. Help us to see this situation. Help us to see this person like you see them in that situation like you see it. Give me your perspective, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's it. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, I encourage you guys to, to do this daily. Because guess what? You're seated there whether you feel like it or not. Tomorrow morning when you wake up from, from, from the get up out of your bed, you may be here on earth physically, but spiritually you are still there seated with him in heavenly places and you have access to him.